We're going to come round to the Word of God now. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to be in chapter 6, beginning at verse 1 today. Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. And this is what it says. These are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing over to the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give to you, that you are today, are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build. Let's pray together. Father God, we want to thank you and praise you for your words. We want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for how your word speaks to each and every one of us. We thank you, Lord God, for the challenge that we see in Scripture. And we recognize that as we read Scripture, as we begin to meditate on your word, Lord, it indeed does challenge us. So, Lord, we pray for open hearts in this place today. May we all find ourselves challenged. May we all find ourselves encouraged and edified. And, Lord, may we see where you're calling us to fit into your big picture here with all that you call us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, as we continue to open up this sermon series that we're looking at together at the moment, thinking about our youth and children and how we can input into their lives and what that looks like for us as a church, because we are church, a blessed church. We've only got to look at what happens here on a Sunday morning when we send our youth and our children out each week to see visually that God has blessed us with a number of children and young people in this place And as a result of that, that comes with a responsibility for us to make sure that we are pointing those youth and children in the direction that they are called to go. If you remember, we've talked a little bit about this over the course of the last few weeks, that as a church, we are called to set the direction and coach them in the ways that God is calling each and every one of them to go. If you were here last week, you may remember that we talked together about what it meant to walk worthy of the call, because really, 
our faith journeys were learned behavior from people that have gone before us. And the youth and children that we have here learn from each and every one of us what they are called to do and how they are called to live. And we talked together a little bit about the fact that we, if we're going to walk worthy of the call that God has called us to, are called to walk in humility and in unity. We talked together about the fact that we're called to walk in service, that each and every one of us has a role to some degree and a part to play in the wider body of Christ to see that body built up. And we talked about the importance of growing together in maturity as well. And today, really, what I want to do this morning is to flesh that out a little bit more. As we think about the next steps for our youth and children's work here as a church, because as a church, we've got some big questions to think about when it comes to our youth and children's work here. What does that look like next for us? Where is God calling us to go with our young people's work here at the church? How is God calling us to grow that, both internally to make sure that those that we already have in our care are growing up in the Lord, but also missionally recognizing that we are a church which is surrounded by houses and houses and houses and rows and rows and rows of people and family. What is God calling us to do next? So with that in mind, this morning I want to unpick this passage together a little bit and ask the question this morning, how can we be a people who have influence with intent? There's an old Chinese proverb which says that a society grows great when one generation plants a tree for the next generation to enjoy the shade. And you know, when it comes to our youth and children's work here at the church, that is exactly what we are called to do. We are not called, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we are not called to be part of a church which simply itches all of our scratches. Part of spiritual maturity is learning how we can grow deeper with God individually in our own walk with Jesus. Rather, we are called to create an environment here at the church which allows those people who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour to be introduced for themselves to the risen Lord Jesus. And a big part of that is that if we are going to be a people who have influence with intent, is we have to be people who have an active faith ourselves and therefore play an active role and an active participation in the faith journey of those who come after us. And with that in mind, there are a few things that I want to see from our passage today and I want to tease out together today as we open up this passage together in Deuteronomy. And really... There are three places that I want us to go today, and that is simply this. That as a church, if we are going to have influence with intent, if we're going to have an active faith which involves active participation, we must love God personally. We must learn the truth inwardly. And we are all called to lead diligently. A little bit of context to our passage today. The book of Deuteronomy is essentially Moses' farewell speech. What we're reading together today was the last of Moses' long speeches to the people of Israel, given over about a three-week period. Moses would have been about 120 years old when he made this speech, and this was written. 
And really, what the book of Deuteronomy essentially is, is it's essentially a recap of the law which has been given in the previous books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And Moses, here in this passage, is recapping the law to a new generation. A generation that when Israel left slavery in Egypt would have been babies. This generation needed to hear the word of the Lord for themselves. And this generation needed what Moses had to share. And you know what? Us, as the people of God here today in 2024, find ourselves in exactly the same place and position. We have had our own exodus, if you like, When we decided to come to Jesus, when we put our faith in the risen Lord Jesus, we were taken from bondage and slavery and we were brought into freedom. My chains fell off. My heart was free. Now, we, as the people of God, need our Deuteronomy because we're not called to live under the yoke of bondage, but we are called to freedom. And the generation coming after us needs the same. So what part do we have to play in that? Well, first and foremost, like I said, if we're going to be a people who have an active faith and active participation, it means for us loving God personally. The words that we've heard read together today here in Deuteronomy are known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is the cornerstone of Orthodox Judaism to this day. Even now, Orthodox Jews see this as their sacred duty to recite this twice a day. But notice these words, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is followed by a command. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. This is the verse which is quoted by Jesus when he is asked what the greatest commandment is. If this is the greatest commandment, then that means for each and every one of us, this needs to be the greatest priority in life. We're called to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our minds, with all of our strength. And this is a theme, if you like, which has come out time and time again as we've opened up these passages together over the course of the past three weeks. And that's deliberate because, church, we need to hear this. And the principle is basically this. Every person who has an influence over children and young people and their faith journey needs to be connected to their Heavenly Father themselves. The Lord's God must be our God before He is ever going to be their God. And the kind of love which Moses is talking about here with God is not some sort of casual, me and God, we're on good terms. We connect together most Sunday mornings. But no, the love that Moses is talking about is an all-encompassing, everyday, passionate kind of love. And that When we look at this and we see Moses speaking about the mind, he uses a word in the Hebrew, love, which really talks about our cognitive ability. It's funny, isn't it? We often in church talk about this concept of head knowledge and heart knowledge, don't we? We go about saying things like, well, I know that in my head, I just need to know that in 
my heart. And we talk about it in the kind of context that our head and our heart are two competing things against each other. But when the Bible talks about our heart and it talks about our mind, what it does is it talks about them being one and the same thing. It's our thought life. It's our will. So when the Bible talks about loving God with all of our heart, it's talking about making God the center of everything. That We're called to orientate our life around this very concept that we love the Lord our God with all of our hearts. My question and my challenge for each and every one of us this morning, and I'm preaching to myself as much as anyone else, is simply this. Is Jesus the central point of your life, which everything else is orientated around. Influence with intent starts ultimately with leading ourselves well. And you know what? With that in mind, church, we're just going to pause the message here this morning. I'm going to invite the band back up. And instead of me preaching for 30 minutes without stopping this morning, we're going to spend some time just loving Jesus together this morning and allowing space for the Holy Spirit to move. Prayer team, I'd love it this morning if you can be available at this point. And prayer team, if you want to make your way to the back, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit just to come and move in our midst this morning. We're going to invite God to give us a fresh revelation today of who he is here in this place. And as we sing, we're going to worship together in song a little bit more. As we do this this morning, I want to encourage you, if you've got any prayer needs whatsoever this morning, maybe today your love for Jesus has grown cold and you know that you need that spark to be reignited. Maybe there are health issues that you are facing right now. Maybe there are all kinds of distractions in your life which you just can't seem to get past. Maybe there are other prayer needs. As we worship God together in song, I want to encourage you to make the most of this time and go and receive some prayer this morning if you feel like you need it. Why don't we stand, church? And just to throw a bit of a curveball in, sorry about this, Richard, on on the words. Why don't we start this morning in this part, in this part by just singing the chorus of "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus." We don't need any music for it, but Dave, if you could give us a note and then just lead us in some worship in a moment. But let's pray. Lord God, we love you. And our heart's desire is to love you more. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, when you are not the center of our world. When you're not the thing that we orientate all of our life around. But may this be a holy moment this morning. where we each receive a fresh revelation of you. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Here in this place, come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. May our hearts burn this morning for love of you. And Lord, where ministry needs to take place, where prayer burdens are so much, Lord, may we minister to one another today. Have your way, King Jesus. 
And the second thing that I want us to see together today is if we're going to have an active faith which involves active participation, if we're going to have influence with intent for those who are coming after us, the second thing that we have to see from our passage today is that we're called to be a people who learn the truth inwardly. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 6 says this, These words which I command you will be in your hearts. Here's the big idea that I want us to see this morning. Your personal relationship with God is directly proportioned to your revelation of God. And this is an idea which really runs throughout Scripture. We could look at a number of verses together today. Psalm 37 and verse 1 says, The law of their God is in their hearts, and their feet do not slip. Psalm 40 and verse 8 says, I desire to do your will, my God. Your law is written in my heart. Colossians 3 and verse 16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This verse in Colossians, in previous verses in this particular passage, Paul has explained to the believers their new position in Christ. And then he goes on to exhort the believers to fix their eyes upon things above and fix their minds on things above and not on earthly things. How is this done? By letting the word of God dwell in us richly. The reality is, if we say that we love God, then ultimately we're going to be a people who loves what he says. Even at times when that feels a little bit uncomfortable for us, even at times where that feels a little bit countercultural, even at times when the world will look at that and be baffled by it. Because the reality is, the way that God calls us to live not only leads us to the most wholesome life possible, but it adds to a depth of relationship with God that helps us to withstand any storm which comes our way. That's why Jesus told the story of two builders. One builder who decided that he wanted to build a house and have it aesthetically pleasing in the best possible place. He didn't really care about the finer details of everything. He just wanted to build a nice house in which he could live in. So what he does is he builds a house on the sand on the beach and thinks to himself, great, I've got a nice waterfront. This is where I am going to live. And yet another builder looks at the same thing, wants to build himself a house, but does his research and does it diligently. He works out exactly the best place to build a house that is not going to be on the sand, but it's going to be on the rocks. And then the rain lashed down, and the winds came, and the storms hit both houses. One house collapses, and one house stands. Jesus likens this parable to what it's like for a person to build their life on the Word of God. Someone who hears the Word of God and puts it into practice. Now, when we're talking about the Word of God, we're talking about the whole revelation of Scripture. In this day and age where we live, where what is true for you is true for you, and what is true for me is true for me, and don't you dare challenge my truth, what we see from Scripture is there is an absolute truth 
And it's easy for us to get into that worldly mindset of saying, well, if you believe that, that's fine. And if I believe that, that's okay. But actually, Scripture doesn't allow us to do that. Because just because it doesn't necessarily fit into my lifestyle, we can so easily disregard parts of what God says. And if we're going to impress on the lives of the children and young people that God calls us to care for, we must realize this concept of absolute truth. And you know, when it comes to Scripture, the truth is everyone is offended by something in the Bible. If you are not offended by Scripture, you are not reading the Bible correctly. Because what Scripture does is it causes us to look at our life and causes us to look at God's values. And then what it does is it helps us to realize where those two things don't match up. So if we look at the Bible at times and we're not offended by it, we're either missing parts out or we're not reading it right. So let me ask you this morning. If you say you love God, do you love his words? Do you allow his word to dwell in you richly today? Even those bits that perhaps don't sit comfortably with us. Even those bits which perhaps don't necessarily line up with the world's values, but ultimately line up with God's. Are we allowing that truth of scripture to dwell in us richly? If we're going to be people who have influence with intent, if we're going to have an active faith and an active participation, which helps those coming behind us to see who God truly is, this is of vital importance to us. Finally, if we're going to play an active part in the faith development of our children and young people here at Hope, we, as the Church of Jesus Christ, are called to lead them diligently. It's amazing, isn't it? When you think about Sundays alone here in this place, like I said, we see it every Sunday as they file out for their different groups. We have over 50 children and young people that are in this place most weeks here on a Sunday. That's before we even start thinking about potential missional opportunities that God is calling us to engage in, like our youth club and other things, parent and toddlers and other things that go on in this place. And you know, my heart is when we think about our youth and children's work, we don't just want to maintain things here in this place. We don't just want it to be a nice place on a Sunday where people come for a little bit and they go out to groups and they're entertained for a couple of hours while we do church here in this building. But we want to see our youth and our children thrive and flourish. We want to see our youth and children really engage with Jesus for themselves. And at some point, as a church, we're going to have to ask some big questions about what comes next for us in our youth and children's work and what our plans and our strategies are for us going forward. We'll have conversations, hopefully sooner rather than later, as to what that might look like. And you know, that could, at some point in the future, look at us once again re-employing a youth worker or a children's worker here in this place. But here's the thing that we need to see. We could employ 10 youth and children's workers here in this place, but unless as a church we're fully engaged and fully invested in the lives of our youth and children here in this place. And that we, as the people of God, lead diligently. It doesn't matter how many people we employ. Because ultimately, it's a whole church responsibility. And talking about that, and talking about this idea of leading diligently, let's come back to our passage today and let's look at verse 7 together this morning. And this is what it says. Impress them, it's talking about the word of God, on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the roads, when you lie down 
and when you get up. Notice from this verse that it teaches us that we should be people who are looking to invest something of God into the lives of our children and our young people at any given opportunity that we have. Parents, that means talking about faith in your homes. Look for those opportunities on a daily basis to be teaching our children and young people to turn their own eyes towards Jesus. Church, we're called to rise up and to take the opportunities that are presented to each and every one of us to invest too. We need to look at our children and our young people and see that every one of us has a responsibility in this area. That's why when we have dedication services in this place, we don't just ask the parents to make promises. We don't just ask the godparents if they've chosen them to make promises. But in a dedication service in this place, as a church, we all make a promise. There's a point for us all to stand up in the service and say, we commit to praying for this child throughout their life, to supporting the family, to helping them practically, to helping them to raise their children as Jesus taught us to. We have a responsibility, church, each and every one of us. Verses 8 and 9 of our passage today talk a little bit about this in a little bit more depth. Again, talking about the Word of God, we read these words. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. The picture, ultimately, that we see from Scripture is that we are to surround ourselves, each and every one of us, with reminders about God and who he is so that we can teach them to those that we come into contact with. Do you see the flow of our passage together today in front of us? Today, church, we are called to be a people who have an active faith for ourselves and actively participate in the faith development of those who are coming behind us. What does that look like? Well, according to the passage that we've just read, we are called to love God for ourselves. We are called to store up the word of God in our hearts. And then we are called to teach the word of God to our children. So the question is, church, what are we going to do about it? My hope and my heart is that we genuinely see this as a whole church responsibility, not just for a few. Let's start, church, if you can, this evening, just by coming here tonight to gather for an hour to worship and to pray specifically for this area of our life in our church. An hour together tonight to lift up the name of Jesus and to lift up each and every child and young person in our care. Six till seven. We're going to be here in the sanctuary tonight to do that. But regardless of your age, regardless of your marital status or your life stage at the moment, we all have a part to play. For some, that will simply be committing to pray on a regular basis. For some, even this morning, maybe God is bubbling up in your heart a burden to get involved in some way. But there is a part for each and every one of us. And that starts with loving God, internalizing the word for ourselves, getting into God's word, making it present in our daily life, and then choosing to teach it by example, by the way that we live, and by the words from our mouth, looking for opportunities in every area of our life 
to make the word of God central not only in our own lives, but those who are coming after us and those who don't know Jesus. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And we're going to worship together some more this morning. So I'm going to invite you to stand again if you're able. And maybe a few of the prayer team, if you're able to, can go to the back as well. Just in case there are people that want to just pray about anything that we've spoken about this morning or other needs as well. But Lord God, my prayer for all of us today is that our hearts will burn with a passion for what you're calling us to do. Lord, will you place a burden on people's hearts that you might be calling to play an active role in this? But help us all see that we all have a part to play, whether that is simply praying for those children and young people in our care, whether that's teaching, or whether that's something else. Lord, will you just birth a passion for this ministry within us? That we might not be a church that simply maintains what we do. But Lord, we see this grow not for our glory, but for yours. Because those children and the young people that are out in their groups right now, Lord, we believe have the potential to be world changers in Jesus' name. So Lord, as we worship now, Holy Spirit, will you speak to us and encourage us as to what you're calling us to do. But let's turn our hearts to worship again and allow God to minister to us this morning.